It's PCR Sports, the start to your sporting weekend. Stay tuned for a fantastic show. Welcome to PCR Sports. Good evening, Peterborough, and welcome to the PCR Sports Show, your Friday night sports fix. We're here 6 till 7 every week, uh, bringing you all the local and regional sporting action news and updates. Got a fantastic show this evening with two brilliant, brilliant guests with me. Uh, Jess Weaver, Miss Posh, uh, as she may be more commonly mo- known to most, returns to the show. She, we must have done something right, so she should come back for a second go. And Matthew Dalton makes his debut um, Matthew from the Peterborough Neen Valley Athletics Club uh, will be telling us all about his involvement with the club and his uh, sort of personal achievements and what he does in athletics Um, but first here the weekly headlines what's been going on in Peterborough and the surrounding areas so Peterborough Sports put in a battling performance despite going down 2-1 at runaway leaders Banbury last Saturday the Turbines took the lead in the 18th minute but were pegged back in the second half with two quick goals in the 63rd and the 67th minute to give the hosts a victory. Sports are at home to Needham Market in the league tomorrow and a win will keep them firmly in the playoff places. In the Northern Premier Midlands Division, there were mixed results for our regional sides. Yaxley were thrashed 5-0 at home by Coles Hill Town and Wisbeach also suffered a home defeat after going down 4-3 to Daventry Town. Stamford and Cambridge City finished all square at 2-2 and Spalding United recorded an impressive 2-1 win at playoff hopefuls Belper Town. This weekend sees Stamford travel to Chasetown and Wisbeach visit Loughborough Diamond Dynamos while Spalding host Ilkeston Town and Yaxley have no match this week. On to rugby, Peterborough RUFC bounced back from their derby defeat to Lions with a convincing 33-20 win at Lutterworth last Saturday. This weekend, they're on the travels once more as they visit the Towcestrians. Meanwhile, Peterborough Lions did not play last weekend and but, uh, but travel to Rugby Lions tomorrow. Ice hockey, Peterborough Phantoms suffered double defeat last weekend with a 5-2 loss at Sheffield Steel Dogs on Saturday. This was followed up by a 4-2 loss at home to Basingstoke Bisons on Sunday. This weekend sees Phantoms host Bees IHC on Saturday before travelling to Telford Tigers on Sunday. Hockey, uh, got the wrap from uh, Dave Simpson uh, from the Peter Hockey Club. Last week's results included a 2-2 draw for the men's seconds, which sees them with a little breathing space between them and the relegation zone with only four matches to play. Another win or two will be vital to ensure their safety come the end of the season. The men's thirds lost a tight contest against the promotional rivals Kettering uh, by two, goal, two goals to one and are now only two points ahead of their rivals in second place. The women's first won 2-1 and in the pick of the victories for the weekend, the women's force had their first win of the season, 3-1 against local rivals Bourne Deeping. This week sees the men's seconds travel to Cambridge City, hoping to pick up a valuable win. The men's sixth are host, hosting top of the table along Sutton, hoping to get a win that would see them close the gap on their opponents and give them some breathing space into the second, uh, in, in, in the second promotion place on the table. The women's first have a double header this weekend, both at home Saturday and and Sunday. Also on Sunday, the men's first have a crucial game at Bretton Gates at 2pm against D-side Ramblers, which may well go ahead go towards determining the fate of the National Division 1 North champions. The men's over 40 teams travel to Chelmsford for their quarter-final in, in, in the England Hockey Masters Cup competition. 
Big news for local boxing. Chatteris boxer Jordan Gill won his European featherweight title at the O2 Arena in London last Sunday. He recovered from a headfirst fall on the canvas to deliver a single knockout punch on opponent and reigning champion Kareem Gwerfi. Gill said, My senses were fine, but my balance and legs had gone. I had to fight on from the ropes to defend well, and I hope to hope I could land a big punch because I was on the ropes. Kareem had more aggressive, had to get more aggressive and to use more energy in throwing so many punches. And I delivered a shot from the gods in the ninth and I needed to do something special to win and I did it. And finally, Speedway, Peterborough Panthers title winning skipper from last season remains on course for opening meeting at Showground after his uh, shoulder surgery. Uh, He stated the shoulder feels great and training will be stepped up and I'm not worried that my fitness quite um, that my fitness isn't quite where it should be but i have a few weeks yet that's your sporting roundup uh peterborough and uh i say in the studio with me this evening jess weaver and matthew dalton jess how are you evening dipham how are things yeah very well thank you very well how are things with you good thanks for having me back in no pleasure we spoke uh, midweek as well after the posh game and uh the excitement in your voice that day was incredible yeah it was i was so buzzing after that game yes. i can't quite believe what a week and a half it's been for posh actually there has been so much happening at the club and i think the emotional roller coaster we've been on as well as posh fans but tuesday night it really was a great night to be posh and after the season that we've had it sort of reminded me a little bit about why i'm i'm a football fan and why i love football it was great fantastic more about that in a moment matthew welcome how are you, you sir nice to be here yeah you too uh good to good to have you and uh We'll be talking athletics and uh, more about your personal achievements later in the show as well. And obviously you're a posh fan as well, so you can chip in with some chat about posh as well. I am. I had the pleasure of the, uh, the Man City game as well. So Fantastic. Uh, the, the ups and downs of the season, I've um, I've seen most of them with Jess. So, yeah. Brilliant. It's an interesting season so far. It has been. It has been. certainly has. So uh, we'll cover more posh after the break. So stay with us. Don't go away. Own a hybrid petrol or diesel vehicle. How much is servicing and repair? Oh, dear. If you need an option other than main dealer, contact FRM Automotive. We service and repair all makes and models and won't invalidate your manufacturer's warranty. We also provide MOT testing, brakes, clutches, tyres and aircon repair and regas. FRM Automotive, Savile Road, Peterborough. See frmautomotive.co.uk. Honest work at affordable prices. Our place is legendary. Our place is iconic. Our place is the home of the UK's original burger. Our place is wimpy. So come on over to our place and rediscover the original quarter pounder with cheese, our all-day breakfast, and the range of iconic thick shakes. All freshly prepared and served all day every day in our Westgate restaurant. Plus, for this month's special offers and to order a home delivery, search online for Wimpy Peterborough. Yeah, yeah, y'all ready for this? It's your thing. Do what you wanna do. I wanna get into it, man, you know. A one, two, three, four. It's Stuart Soul Train, your Sunday afternoon essential soulful memories from the 60s to present between 1 and 4 p.m. Souls during voices of the 20th century. Live and local on PCR 103.2 FM. You're listening to PCR Sports. Welcome back to the PCR Sports Show on PCR FM. It's just gone quarter past six. Uh, 
We were a show by fans, for fans. We keep it local. Uh, like I said, uh, we just cover everything that's local, regional. And uh, starting with Posh United, um, we've got Nilesh on the phone. Nilesh is on his travels with Huddersfield Town, uh, going to see Huddersfield Town with Posh. Nilesh, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Good evening, all. Good. Got Jess and Matthew in the studio with me as well. Obviously, big Posh fans themselves as well. So we can all have a nice group chat about Posh. So how, how, how are things looking uh, out there? Um, not too bad. I've got a beer in my hand. Um, uh, yeah, so yeah, you can't complain pretty much so far, that's for sure. It all goes downhill at quarter to eight. Um, and what, what's the sort of mood with the fans? Obviously, uh, we were just chatting off the air, uh, Jess, Matthew and I, saying that it's been a, a big week, big, big couple of weeks for Posh. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, the atmosphere on Tuesday night was brilliant. You know, um, the Posh fans really took to the game and, and Posh applied themselves and put in a performance that was... Uh, probably one that we weren't expecting and it showed that you know we can perhaps not compete with obviously Manchester City but on a night like tonight if we can put in a similar performance against a, an informed Huddersfield Town side that we've got every opportunity of um, coming away with you know a point if not a win tonight so yeah it's down to the players again tonight to apply themselves and um, hopefully get that little bit of luck to ensure that we do walk away from here tonight with something uh, um, in terms of points. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, obviously, the Hull City last week, you can kind of, I suppose, forgive McCann. It's his first game, only had a few days with the players before he went into that game and his former club, so they perhaps had a thing or two to prove against him. Um, but the, the setup with the Man City game, change of formation, Posh looked a bit more comfortable, a bit more free flowing going forward. Is that a sign of things to come and the way they might play, do you think? Yeah, some of the, um, the changes that he made were forced upon him with the likes of uh, Callum Morton being cup tied um, Ollie Norburn being suspended so it'll be interesting to see if both of those come back into the into the team tonight and they'll certainly be in the squad that's for sure um, Joe Ward potentially um, is, uh, has a dead leg so he may miss out but uh, in terms of the you know the personnel that he puts out there I'm sure all of them have got a point to prove you know we are at the wrong end of the table um, results aren't great performances aren't, aren't aren't much better so They've all got a point to prove, and um, tonight, what you know, there's no better place to start than against a, an informed Huddersfield Town side. Absolutely, and I mean, something does need to start happening. We're almost at sort of last chance saloon now. Eight points adrift of Reading, uh, who are in the safety zone. Um, Derby County, who obviously started the, the season with a massive points deduction of, of, of leapfrog posh as well. So, you know, the timing is really now to start doing something, and, and hopefully, McCann can provide that inspiration. Yeah, and he's had a, you know he's had a few days with the players in terms of you know training organisation. Um, they would have recovered well and hopefully been buoyed. More importantly, from a from a mental perspective, after the Man City game, that the, the mentality if they can get that right, they've got every opportunity to, to compete in games. Um, I will be negative here, Dipam, and um, say I think it's too little, too late. I don't think we're going to claw that gap back. Unfortunately, the damage has been done, but. It's all about those players applying themselves and if they want to stay at the club, potentially being in grand plans for next season as well in League One. Yeah, no, who knows. We're just going to bring Jess into it here. She she was obviously at the Man City game. Uh, I spoke to both of you on the evening after the game. Both of you were excited and enthusiastic in, in your voice and the way you're speaking. Jess, Nilesh thinks it could be too late for Posh. What do you think? I do to a point and I especially did think that after the whole game on Saturday after that game 
that really for me was it I was thinking we are going to be in League One next season now and I was thinking we just need to use these last games to prepare for that and for McCann to work out who or which players he likes but then Tuesday happened and it's actually given me that little bit of hope back I still think we're, we've got a really tough time of it for the, the end of the season but we have got 13 games left and I kind of saw on Tuesday what I've been missing the whole season what we're actually capable of doing it just feels like this season we've never really got going and I've always felt we were capable of more it was really exciting it was there was lots to be positive about and whilst I do think it's unlikely like I said that little bit of hope is back we'll have to see what happens I was going to say yeah it is that that extra bit of hope that perhaps wasn't there a couple of weeks ago posh looking a bit more perhaps like last season in the last game against Man City. Um, Nurse, what do you think? Uh, more attacking flair, potentially, tonight we'll see. I mean, Huddersfield obviously in third place in the Championship in the championship division. Um, it's not going to be an easy game, is it? No, and then we've got Bournemouth on Tuesday night as well. So, you know, two big games with, against two teams that are, are gunning for promotion to the Premier League. So, yeah, you know, if we can pick up points, um, you know, you take a point tonight, point on Tuesday... And it just helps you build that confidence. As I say, I do think it sadly is too late to, to mount a, uh, a recovery. But miracles do happen. But it's the hope that keeps you going, that's for sure. No, absolutely. And, as, and, and we talked about this in the studio on Tuesday, is that as a football fan, you never give up hope because you just never know what the next game might bring. You know, if Posh have three wins on a bounce, all of a sudden, there's, there's real hope then, isn't there? Yeah, if you think turn around, you know, your heart always says you want to win and you always think you can do it, but... Your head just um, brings you back down to reality at times, and um, that's what we're in at the moment. The heart really does want us to stay in the championship because it's not just from a, a footballing side; it's from the city side, uh, the economy for the local area, um, the restaurants, the hospitality. You know, seeing that ground on Tuesday night packed out with 13,000 fans, you know, that was unexpected. We weren't expected to get to the fifth round of the FA Cup, and the boost it brought to the local area was uh, obviously a huge, a huge boost. Um, for those businesses so you know championship football can do that for you as well so we've got to try and do it not just for the football club but also for the city as well no absolutely right you're spot on there Nish. right i'm gonna put you on the spot like i do most weeks uh, score prediction for this evening yeah we'll win 2-0 not a problem absolutely <laughs> and the Bour- and the bournemouth game um blimey um yeah we win tonight and then we'll nick 1-1-0 on uh, tuesday night Ever the optimist. Absolutely, and that uh, completely contradicts what you're saying about hope is lost for the season. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'll have another beer now. I was going to say, have, have a beer on us, mate, and enjoy the rest of your evening, and, in, and good luck in the game. Yeah, cheers, guys. Take care. See you soon, mate. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, bye-bye. That was Nilesh, uh, normally my co-presenter and massive Posh fan, on his travels to go and see Posh at Huddersfield. Uh, Matthew, you're a Posh fan. What's your thoughts on... Certainly, last couple of weeks, Posh's season and, and and the sort of games that are coming up. Yeah, I can't disagree with most of what Jess said. To be honest, I think the season has been very frustrating. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Ferguson as much as anybody. Third third um, period at Posh, and um, he's been a phenomenal manager. But I think probably the time was up for for Fergie. It was um, it was the right time for him to take the decision personally that he needed to move aside and. Um, I think Grant McCann was the obvious choice for lots of reasons, the reason of being local but also the way he likes to play football. I would agree with Jess um, that uh, the situation looked pretty dire. I was at the Man City game and there certainly was a lot of heart uh, in the Man City game. The only thing I would say is that 
the way you approach a game like that, um, we had we had periods of attacking flair and I thought we looked positive in some periods but inevitably it was a defensive formation for obvious reasons playing some of the best players in the world and so we're not we're going to have to take a different approach today and in the in the games going forward so I think probably what I saw on on Tuesday was a great deal more heart which has been missing probably for the last few weeks and months but whether that's going to translate into the ability to win games in the championship I'm I think the jury's still out probably I think tonight will be a big giveaway, won't it, in terms of how posh play. If they play more like they did against Man City, then things could look more positive. If they go back to the whole City performance or, or before then, then you can kind of, you know, almost agree what Nilla said and we, we look forward to League One next season. Yeah, I just don't know what to expect tonight, actually, with Posh. I have no idea. I saw us against Fulham, um, not last week, the week before. We, I thought we were brilliant. Like Matthew said, heart in the performance. That obviously was against Man City, but we were really positive that night and we showed we were really up for it. And then to go to Hull on Saturday and to put in that performance, which honestly left me feeling so despondent. And I couldn't believe it was the same team or nearly the same team that I'd seen a few days before. But then to go from that ex- feeling extremely low to the massive high on Tuesday and seeing that performance, it was so inconsistent this season. So who knows what we can expect tonight, but I do feel sometimes we are better against these better quality teams, teams that are going to have more possession than us and are going to come up against us. But we're so good on the break. And I feel like this season we've really changed our identity as a club and the the way that we play. I think we've tried to be more defensive and I honestly don't think it suits us. And as fans, well, as a fan, I don't really like to watch that kind of football either. I I like to see us being a bit more positive. So I hope that um, we keep that positivity up tonight. And I hope that has given us a bit of a confidence boost as well because it was tough on Tuesday night. We were against world-class opposition, weren't we? But for an hour, it was nil-nil and we really did ourselves proud. And it was, like you say, the defensive nature of the performances this season are almost the opposite end of what Posh were like last season that has got them into this division in the first place. Yeah, I feel like we started this season the kind of same way that we finished it. But as we were not really getting the results that we wanted and we were conceding late goals, I think just gradually we've, we have gone more defensive and the players, some of the players that we've brought in have suited more to that style. With Well, like Matthew said, though, I think as much as I... Th- I loved Fergie and I think Fergie will he'll always be a posh legend but I do think we needed a change and with McCann he likes playing nice football he plays positive football and also he's I think he suits us as a as a club and management system um sorry club structure because we do develop young players and bring those through and he's about that so I think we needed that change and we've already seen he's made changes with the team and fingers crossed we shall see what happens later on. On a separate, still related to football, obviously, um, you it's EFL Women's Day tomorrow and International Women's Day on Tuesday. And I know, you, obviously, you're a big advocate of women in football, naturally, and, that, that, and you should be. Tell us more about that. I don't know loads about this, if I'm being completely honest, <laughs> but it's International Women's Day on Tuesday, the 8th of March, and the EFL are doing a women's weekend to celebrate it. So... Um, someone from like the posh foundation asked me to answer a few questions about really why i love posh but i do i've been watching posh since i was 10 years old so i've grown up watching posh and just being part of it and 
I, I didn't I always think of myself as a posh fan I don't think of myself as necessarily a female posh fan it's what I've grown up doing but it really just gave me a bit of an opportunity to reminisce about what it was like growing up and how things have changed and I th- really do think in the last probably 10 years maybe even in the five years where we've seen a big change but the opportunities for females women and girls in our sport I think it's brilliant and I just would really love to see a bit more positivity about females in sport because it's such a great experience. I've loved it and it's added so much to my life and the experiences I've had with Posh, the the playoff finals, the promotions, it's really been great. And it's not just about what happens on the pitch. It's about the Posh family that we're part of. It's about friendships. It's about having pride in our city. And I've got, yeah, I've had so many great experiences. I love it and I just think it's a really good way to celebrate that. And how's it, you know, obviously you've been Miss Posh for, for many, many years now. Um, that's obviously brought you closer to the club that you, you already loved anyway. Yeah. Um, and how's that experience been? You know, you obviously you interact with other fans, both Posh and probably opposition fans as well. Interact more with other people who work within, within the club and, and football. How's that been? And you said, obviously, you're the feeling you get over the last few years that, that women in football are... I shouldn't really have to say this, but are more respected or more recognised and they're more prominent. And what has changed, you know, ever since you've kind of been involved in football, certainly in in the role of Miss Posh, for example? So I started Miss Posh in 2010. I have to say that I do actually feel like we typically have had quite a good representation of females as a fan base. The reason that I love Posh is because my mum went, went, well, she started when she was younger and I started going with my mum. So I'm full of a family of strong females. And I just feel like, there typically has been more women and I've I've grown up with that but I just think it's I see it more with other um, clubs I think now I see there are increasing amounts of female fans and opportunities for girls and I just think it's brilliant but as actually in my role of Miss Posh one of the best parts of the role is who I get to meet and who I get to talk to and I just think sport in well sport in general but obviously this is football it's just a great leveller almost it it takes down barriers people that you probably wouldn't talk to away from football you get to meet and you get to build relationships with whether it's younger people older people people my own age men women boys girls it just it i think it's really great for bringing people together with a shared passion and i feel like when you think about the coverage of football fans in the media it's so easy to focus on the negatives and there are some negatives there there are behaviors that need to be challenged and re- but really for me it's about such amazing experience as a football fan and the med- in the media you don't always see that or get that doesn't come across so well and what more do you think could be done you know, obviously there's been big improvements you've noticed it yourself firsthand, and 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 you know i've noticed it and i'm sure everyone else has but do you think more can be done or what more could be done is there, is there areas that we still need to work on I think there are areas. I mean, I'm coming at this from a fan perspective, not a player perspective. When I grew up, I was involved in athletics. It's quite a different sport, really, because people, um, boys and girls train together, men and women train together, competitions are together. So it's, it's much more integrated as a sport. Um, I did like playing football when I was younger. I used to play with the boys at school. And I don't know if necessarily I would have had those opportunities if I did want to pursue playing football. Now, I would like to think that if I ever do have children or, for example, my niece, she's three, she came to her first posh match on Saturday. But I would really like to think that if she wants to be a footballer growing up, she would be able to be, be a footballer. And that's what's important for me. It's about giving people opportunities, but also not having that stereotype that it's a boy sport. I really think that's 
it's mostly gone I don't think it's completely gone but I just think it's it's great for everyone to have opportunities and I think it's great for us all to be able to enjoy football together Brilliant Jess, thank you very much Right, we've just gone half past six uh, Join us after the break We've got uh, Matthew speaking to us about uh, athletics and the Peterborough and Neen Valley Athletics Club and obviously more for Jess as well Don't go away Are you suffering from buff, 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 buffering? Find yourself screaming, not streaming Or do you just lag behind? Then it's time to demand better broadband. City Fibre is building a brand new full fibre network across the UK, giving you access to broadband from a range of providers that's more reliable and up to 20 times faster than average. So you can stream, game and video call without interruption. Get connected to full fibre today. Choose your provider at cityfibre.com slash PCR. It's time to choose your perfect new Symphony Kitchen at Kelly Vision. We now offer a free kitchen design and quotation service, backed up by our expert installation team. You can also choose your freestanding and built-in appliances in-store at Kelly Vision from leading brands like Bosch, Neff, Siemens, Smeg, Hotpoint, Indesit and Liebherr. Kelly Vision, Broad Street, Whittlesea. Your award-winning independent retailer. Call Peterborough 208787 or visit kellyvision-peterborough.co.uk. amazing stories from local people just like you that saturday afternoon thing showcases our local heroes with regular features such as your thing double play and tune of the month live saturdays from 3 p.m only on pcr 103.2 fm You're listening to PCR Sports. Welcome back to the PCR Sports Show, Friday 6 till 7. You can listen to us in many forms. Obviously, 103.2 FM. Uh, if you can't get us on the air, then you can download our app, PCR FM app. Failing that, ask your smart speaker to play PCR FM. And other than that, you can tune in through our website, pcrfm.co.uk, and listen live. Um, right, just been list- talking about Peace Be United with Nilesh on the phone and Jess Weaver, Miss Posh, in the studio as well. And Matthew Dalton, also a Posh fan, but uh, his first sort of I suppose, interest, or certainly his, his primary work, is, is athletics. Uh, Matthew, tell us more about uh, what you do at Peterborough and Neen Valley Athletics Club. Well, goodness me, um, what haven't I done? I guess at the moment, um, coaching is, is a lot of what I spend time doing down at the club. I, I very much enjoy that. It's, uh, it's lovely to see people. In a sense, uh, I tend to coach at the moment people from sort of 15, 16, 17 years old upwards. But what I've done previously over the last maybe 10 years is, is taking people for at uh, young kids at 8, 9, 10, 11 and it, it's kind of a wonderful feeling to see them progress especially, I, I coach her, sprint hurdles quite a lot and so that's a technical event where somebody of course when they come down the track can't do it in most cases and it's wonderful to see the person approaching the hurdle almost scared of it because as you can imagine psychologically it's a it's a, a literal but a psychological barrier as well and, and it's great to be able to see three or four weeks hence them progressing and, and feel that they can they can conquer that psychological barrier and start to master the technique. So I've kind of gone from 
historically within the club taking people at a younger age and now I, I take athletes that tend to be of close to adult age and adult age and in terms of your kind of events and what and do, do you still participate as a sports person in, in athletics as well or is it just coaching that you do now well i try but uh, at, at nearly 42 it's uh, more and more of a struggle but yes i do i um i've, co- I've competed pretty much um completely continuously from age 26 which is wonderful i had i had a bit of a significant back injury a few years ago which took me out for a little while but but I've been very fortunate generally to be able to compete. Um, obviously, when I was in my 20s and 30s, it was easier to compete with the 18-year-olds than it is now. So I tend to fill in for the team on a on a senior level where, where they need. And generally, I'm competing at, at a master's level, which is, for those listeners who, who aren't familiar, people 35 upwards. So it's a bit easier when you're competing against someone the same age than when they're 16 or 17. That's Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you said, did you say you started actively participating at the age of 26? That's right, yeah. So, which, in some ways, I guess, I have this impression that people tend to get into any sport generally at a young age and then sort of develop or grow into that. But what, what, what um, I suppose, what made you get into it at the age of 26 and not, say, not, not 16, for example? Well, I suppose both are true. I did run for my school when I was 16 and 17 in, in sixth form at Stanford and... I very much enjoyed it. I was re- reasonably good at athletics, running 100, 200 and sprint hurdles, which is what I ended up doing back at, well, at the club when I joined at 26. And then I had eight years out. And I guess for someone who's involved in, in the administration of the sport, that that case in point of me having that eight years out, losing the interest through university and then coming back is, is in a sense something to overlay with some of the problems we see generally within in the sport where you lose people at university, they drift off. I went to Bristol and, and, and Finland actually for a couple of years for university and so, and then eventually came back to the city at 22, 23, and then thought, actually, I really quite enjoyed athletics and emailed the then chairman and said, can I join? And, and the rest is very much history. Um, but interestingly enough, we talk, coming back to the element of football, one of the big issues within our sport is not necessarily the loss of athletes to football and rugby, but the fact that we never see them. It's just you, you were talking with Jess about about women in 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 sport generally, and actually in athletics we see a lot more young girls than we do young boys, especially at 11, 12, 13, 14, because the young boys are so transfixed about wanting to be football players and, and rugby players, and and I was the same actually. I played Sunday league football from 11 to 18. Um, fell into it because I happened to play football at uh, school at, at Thorpe Primary and, and, and joined Netherton United from, from then and, and, and played for seven years. But actually I would have been much better suited down the athletics track because I'm a far, far, far better athlete than I ever was a footballer. I was a very, very average footballer. But um, And so that, in a sense, I, I look to what happened to me and, and, and overlay that with some of the issues in the sport. And so... And going on from that, we then have an issue with losing young women at 16 and 17. So you have lots of young women early. The men are quite short. Then the men, I think, find football, find athletics when they become, when it's obvious they can't play football very well. And then, um, and then you lose the women at 16, 17. So you have all of these kind of 
transitions within the sport which of course those of us who are involved in in administering the sport and looking to the kind of strategic direction of it going forward are, are interested in obviously and Jess, Jess I'm coming to you for a moment I know you used to coach athletics didn't you yes, yeah. earlier in your life did you kind of notice those sorts of things what Matthew's talking about when you were coaching yes although I've sort of seen a bit of a difference as well um when I started athletics I started as a 10 year old but at that point they well I was told I wasn't allowed to join until I was 10 so I was like desperately waiting to hold on but I think the sport's changed a bit really and we started taking children a little bit younger but as well so there, there were opportunities for them there definitely is that um I think the kids are being pulled in different places to be honest when it with it with football for example I do think around that time of exams and hormones and things like that that there's a lot going on when you're around the 16 years of age and probably you do see a bit of a drop-off with girls but I, I think typically you do see about 10 someone people have 10 years in a sport often especially if they're competing at a high level so regardless of where that that starts and stops it is often around 10 years even at sort of I guess local or amateur level isn't it it's similar you know as a professional athlete yes you've got that kind of 10 years 12 15 if you're really kind of lucky but it's that 10 years of core kind of performance isn't it and is that the same sort of at, at kind of a, a lower level at local sort of amateur level as well I think to a degree it is yes it depends on the, the physiology of the person to, to be honest I mean I, I'm I've been quite fortunate that I've been able to compete through my 30s and into my 40s but physiologically some people simply their bodies do break down and obviously if you're talking about a sport like rugby it's a very different sport to to track and field where you've got that contact element so of course that becomes a factor um, but I think it's I mean I, I know people who joined our club at, at Jess 10 the example Jess gave and who are still competing now in fact interestingly enough we I was having a conversation with the president of the rugby club just a couple of days ago around how, how young they're taking people into their sports and I know the case is the same with football where they're looking at people at three and four years old to come into the sport and we use eight actually at, at the club now rather than ten um, but and that's and that, I think that's something that athletics needs to look at as to whether it's drawing that line too late because a lot of the sports especially the big team sports are are starting kids quite a lot earlier but I accept the point that if you start a kid at four within the sport by the time they get to 24 and if they're con that's, that's 20 years in a sport now that's doable but all of the issues that, that coaches need to be cognizant of around burnout and overtraining, which I'm sure Jess will have seen um, in, in her professional environment, where, where literally the kids are just pushed too hard. And it's very important that coaches are cognizant of that as, as the body is growing. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so in terms of your personal um, participation, what, what disciplines within athletics did you participate in or, or perform in? So, yeah, as I said a little while ago, sprints initially, uh, ones, twos and sprint hurdles. And then I moved probably when I was about 31, 32 into 400 metre hurdles. Goodness knows why, because I don't know if you've uh, anything, know anything about my sport, but 400 metres is absolutely brutal. And then someone has the great idea of putting things in the way. 400 meter hurdles is absolutely fine until the last 50 meters, 100 meters, because 
it gives you a psych those barriers gives you a way to psychologically break up the race so if you talk to a 400 meter runner and a 400 hurdler they'll say actually 400 hurdles is easier until 300 because you're not thinking about it you're just every 40 meters there's a hurdle which is great to distract you from the pain unfortunately there's the last two hurdles and and when if you've gone a bit too fast through the first 300 they're a, they're a big problem so having said joking aside it was probably me looking for something else something new to do um i had always what we call alternate leg lead on sprint hurdles which one shouldn't do but i was never able to to use the same lead leg all the way through and so i was able to do that and of course as you go around the whole circuit to be able to use both legs freely as you approach the hurdle is is quite helpful so what we call spotting the hurdle and be able to use both legs so um yeah i just fell into that and and I've had most success as a master in in 400 meter hurdles, I think, really, rather than sprint hurdles. And if obviously listeners out there, if there's um, people listening, uh, young people, or if there's parents with, with young people in their family, what's your advice to anyone who's kind of sitting on the fence? Shall I, shall I get involved in athletics? I don't know. You know, I don't know what event I'm going to be good at. What, what, what advice would you give? Well, the obvious advice is approach us. But the great thing about my sport and actually the I was reflecting on the the issue around women in sport as you were chatting to Jess that it is one of the one of the major international sports where women are on completely the same playing field as men there are Jess Ennis and, and Mo Farah are, are, are of the same iconic nature uh, clearly that isn't the case in most other sports and so um, we don't have that problem between the men and women but but yeah just just come down uh, look at the website email us come down because again the beauty of my sport and sometimes the challenge to administer and officiate it is the breadth of it because i often i often say to to people when you want to administer a rugby a, a, a football match for example you need say four officials three in the case of most small matches let's be honest you want to do that with athletics match you need 60 or 70 or 80 people for a decent sized match and that's because of course my sport has a wonderful breadth you don't you, you don't need to look like Mo Farah to be in my, you know, you can have physiologically talents in so many different areas, or clearly from the throws to the jumps and the sprints to middle distance. So it doesn't matter. Mo, physiologically, most people have got a, an ability to mould themselves to one of those 19 events in a standard track match. So, yeah, just come on down. And just be, before we go into break quickly, how, well, how, do, how can they get in touch with the club? Uh, just Google Peter Rene Valley AC and and you'll find the website. Uh, it, it'll be it'll be the top thing, so you'll have no trouble at all. Brilliant. Thanks for the moment, Matthew. We'll be back after a short break. Just gone quarter seven. At McCormick, we make the herbs, spices, seasoning, and condiments that add flavour to your food. And right now, we're looking to add to our team across all functions. If you're passionate about driving excellence, want to start or progress a career in food manufacturing, joining more than a factory and our R&D innovation centre at our new facility in Peterborough, apply today and bring your own special flavour to the team. Visit careers.mccormick.com or email your CV to jobs at mccormick.co.uk and join our factory of the future in Peterborough. Ever wanted to advertise your business on the radio? Then you should consider advertising on PCRFM. It isn't as expensive as you might think, and it's a really good way to reach out to your potential customers in the Peterborough area. 
PCRFM broadcasts to the whole of the city and has the potential to reach over 200,000 listeners who live and work here. That's a lot of people who could be interested in your business and all you need to do is tell them about it. We have advertising and sponsorship packages to suit every budget with spot rates as low as £3.60. So, every time your professionally produced commercial is played on the air with PCR, it means more customers will know about your business. To find out more about advertising on the only local station in Peterborough, call the PCR sales team on Peterborough 237777 or email sales at pcrfm.co.uk. You're listening to PCR Sports. Some breaking news uh, to Peterborough lineup for this evening's match at Huddersfield Town has just uh, been released. Uh, Stephen Bender in goal. Uh, at the back, Edwards, Beavers, uh, Knight and Jess, you'll have to help me, who's playing at the back alongside, is that three at the back, isn't it? Yeah, I'm looking at this because I think we must be playing with wing-backs because we're sort yeah, of missing our right-sided defender, so I think probably Ward um, playing as right wing-back. Okay, yep, that sounds about right. And then Colson on the left. Yeah, that sounds good. And then midfield would be... We've got Fuchs, we've got Smodix, we've got Grant, we've got, have I said Pocky? So do you think Posh have kind of gone slightly defensive, in, but with the flexibility to play the wing back so they could turn defence into attack quickly? Because well, it sounds like they've kind of flooded the midfield a bit, maybe a single forward up front, but with, with sort of backup if we need to. Yeah, it is. It's a kind of slightly different lineup, isn't it? A little bit, but it is really positive because you think about Smodix, Grant. Poku, they're all really attacking players. I mean, Smodix on Tuesday night, he was so aggressive and he really got stuck in with the defence as well. But I'm actually really happy with that lineup. I think I think we'll keep the ball a bit, but also be really dangerous on the break. I'm so happy to see Jones starting because he was such a threat on Tuesday night. He was brilliant. I'm so pleased for him. Yeah, and um, obviously uh, in the first half, Fuchs had the best chance, didn't he? He did. I don't know where that performance came from, from Fuchs, because for me, he's, he's been signed as quite a defensive player. But he showed he's capable of so much more than that. He was played some really nice stuff with his feet. And, yeah, that shot on goal was brilliant. If only it had gone in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, so that's the posh lineup, um, Matthew. Um, talk about the club. Uh, not, as in, sorry, not Peterborough United now. Sorry, we're talking about Peterborough <laughs> and Neen Valley Athletics Club, as we were before the break. Um, tell us a bit about the club. Obviously, you, you mentioned how people can get involved. Just Google the, the club name and uh, be able to contact the club through there and and obviously get in touch and, and be able to come along um, to see what the club is about. But tell us a bit about the club structure, What's you know what age groups, what what sort of things are available? Yeah, so we, we're a fairly new club, actually, because uh, as those people who understand the sport in the city will know that we used to have Peter Bracey and Neen Valley Harriers, which were, were originally one club and have now remerged. So we've got one club again since October 2019, I think. So in a sense, this will be the first season when we're, we're working fully-fledged, if you like, outside the COVID restrictions as one club. So that'll be, that'll be wonderful. We take athletes from eight years old, uh, boys and girls, of course, as we've discussed already, and we'll then 
there's a big move in the sport to make sure there's not too early a specialism as that's the case in many sports to make sure that they get the opportunity to try all of the different event types I was talking about earlier and so we, we've got we've got if you like a subsection of a club within a club to deal with those athletes at 8, 9, 10, 11 that they're given the opportunity to try throwing, jumping just for just to deal with the the, the core skills, if you like, rather than pushing them into something, which I think the sport probably historically has done a little bit too early. Obviously, when when you start to f- feel that you're more suited toward, towards one thing or another, then there's a full coaching structure around all of the dif- different disciplines and events we've discussed already. But yeah, we'll we'll take we'll take boys and uh, girls from eight, and as I've said, even people in their forties and much much older are competing in my sport. There's a, a very vibrant masters structure within the UK, across Europe and across the world. So there's opportunity for for people to, to compete in, in the sport for a long time. And I've, I've seen athletes on my travels well into their 60s, 70s and 80s in incredible physiological form uh, at, at a very advanced age. It's fascinating what you said there about the, because I, I didn't personally know this actually, that the clubs were once together, then sort of divided and now have obviously come back. I, I realised obviously they came back a few years ago, but I didn't realise they were once together so what's the sort of history behind that now i'm probably not the best person to give you the full history the 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 individuals who if you like created knee valley harriers were within the the original club until i believe some around the 70s uh, i can't i don't know the exact dates again the reason for that i don't know i suspect it was simply as is mostly the case around the feeling of a different strategic direction of the the people running the the original club back then they wanted those people breaking away wanted a slightly different direction a slightly different focus for the club and and that's been the case for pretty much 50 years I think I think it's between 40 and 50 years but I'm absolutely delighted we've come together I always use the analogy if you had two two businesses who were using the same venue, wanting the same customers on exactly the same basis, would you have them in the same city? And, and I think you and I both know you wouldn't. And it's not, it's not just using that commercial analogy, it's so much better for administering the club because you're not doubling up on people like officials, all those, the coaches, of course, where you can use economies of scale. It's also much better for the athletes because a better club in this city will be able to, just like the other sports we've been discussing today, will be able to compete at a higher level. And the athletes, therefore, will not need to move on to other much larger clubs, Birchfield being an example, a very big club in, in the Midlands, of course. Um, and so it'll, it'll retain the best athletes in the city, and that's a positive thing, of course. And you talked about the facilities there, obviously the, the, the athletics track in, in the centre of Peterborough has been on, in the news a lot in the last few months. We've talked about it on this show before. Obviously, the, the plans to um, regenerate that area, uh, amongst which could be a new stadium for Peter United as well. And there was talk about the track being relocated from, from that location to, to elsewhere and, and not featuring in the plans. So what's the latest on that? I'm not the chair of the club, as, as is fairly obvious, so I, I'm not having the direct conversations with the City Council, but I am aware broadly what's happening. Uh, my view about the move of the track is that clearly the City Council is um, at perfect right to be able to decide how it wants to use that embankment area. Clearly there's been conversations with uh, the football club and there's debates amongst fans uh, between the City Council with the football club as to whether the football club should 
move on to some of that embankment area and um, I won't prejudge what the council thinks about that or indeed the fans but uh, and the athletics club is no different my view is there's no reason why the athletic club needs to necessarily be on the site it is in fact i think there's an opportunity if the city council wants to reprovision the use of that site either for the university for the for the football club for even residential then relatively fortunate compared to a lot of other uh, bedford's got a very very good athletics facility but when you look beyond that norwich is fairly modern there aren't too many really top class facilities in the region and I think this is an opportunity actually for the club to work with the City Council to to, to improve it because when the, if the City Council engages with the club at an early stage we'll be able to see a facility that is suitable for athletic. Now I'm not suggesting that the current one we have isn't but it, I think it's important that both sides are positively engage and then there's certainly a big opportunity to bring some regional sub sub regional and regional competitions here to peterborough that in some cases are going elsewhere yes yeah, so that that's the upside isn't it that you, we can get a, a brand new facility in a location that's more perhaps accessible in terms of from outside of peterborough should i say and the facility the quality of the facilities and the you know the the breadth of the services is um the facilities is improved as well and that that provides for a better venue and like you say to attract a wider um range of audience and, and also you know to, to allow for bigger competitions as well yeah and, and there's i think everything should be on the table there's ability for us to look cross sport as well to be able to say to different sports in the city who are using different grounds who may want to move grounds and say okay can we create some kind of village structure where we all work together because I've talked about economies of scale around our club and coaches but clearly there's economies of scale if you're all using the same clubhouse around around refreshments around cleaning around all the gamut of issues you might imagine so I think the main thing is that all of the fun all of the large sporting clubs and the city council are engaged in that conversation over the next few months build a track around the new posh stadium well, not around it, but inside the around the pitch, inside yeah, the new well, stadium. Of course, that structure is very, very common in continental Europe, yeah. and would be, in some cases, the obvious thing to do. But I, I'm a football fan as well. I know that, um, and and Miss Posh beside me is indicating this. I know that posh fans would not be keen on that, despite the fact it's very, very common uh, across Europe. So I understand that that generally in the UK the fans want to be that much closer to the pitch. Yeah. I appreciate that. Got a few minutes left, Jess, quickly. You were shaking your head furiously when I suggested that. <laughs> well, I just think fans belong near the pitch, near the players. The atmosphere that you get is so much better. And with the track around it, although I understand some of the um, logistical um, practicalities, you're so far away from the pitch. The atmosphere on Tuesday night was incredible. And I think that was partly because we were so close to it. And we're pro we probably got a lot closer to the players, like the Man City players, than they're really used to. No, you're right, absolutely. And I, I was jesting. I, I think, to be honest, it's yeah, it would be difficult to do that. Uh, to be by all honesty, and, and we, we've seen it in, in, in with West Ham with the with the, the London Stadium that they've had issues with atmosphere and locating, relocating fans and what have you. So, yeah, it's sort of probably more of a disaster than than it, a good thing. So, guys, thank you very much indeed. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Time has caught us up. Uh, thank you, Jess. Thank you, Matthew. Um, hope you've enjoyed it. So, yeah, thank um, you. It's been great. It's been a pleasure. I'm sure we'll see you back at some stage. So, uh, Peterborough, whatever you're doing this weekend, sporting-wise, have fun, take care, enjoy your sports. We'll be back same time, same place, 6 till 7 p.m. In the meantime, have a good weekend, and we'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs>